This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. I'm sick with this, I'm sick with this. Since you wasn't the button, large judgment. My own sweet down, did it did whatever. I didn't recognize it for this anymore. I don't want to be defeated, I don't want to be defeated, I don't want to be defeated, I don't want to be defeated. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm your host as always, Shane Told. This is Lead Singer Syndrome. A show where I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. Oh, did you miss me? Did you miss me? Because I know it was a bit of a break between, you know, the special episode with Spencer of Underoath on Friday. Now it's Wednesday. We're talking about almost two weeks here. So maybe there's a little bit of withdrawal amongst my sinners, which is okay because today we have. A great episode. Ben from Billy Talent is here. And this is a guy I've wanted to get on the show for a very, very long time. Not just because I'm a huge fan of their work, huge supporter of the band and everything they've done. They literally grew up 15 minutes from where I grew up. And, you know, they're a generation older. So, really wanted to get his take on everything from what his influences are, what he thought about the Toronto scene back in the day, and their road to somewhat unlikely success. It is a beautiful thing. Thank you, Ben, for taking the time. And thank you, the listener, for being here with me and Ben this week. Before we jump into that, how about those Blue Jays? 11-5. and five. I went to a doubleheader yesterday. It was the third doubleheader, I believe, in Blue Jays history. We, we play in a dome in Toronto, which a lot of people don't know, uh, because we have horrible weather. And yes, it's snowing in Toronto right now, and in the middle of April, which is kind of unheard of. So I had tickets to the game, and the game got, well, I can't call it rained out, but a huge chunk of ice fell off the CN Tower, that's the big space needle we have in downtown Toronto, and it actually broke through the roof of the Sky Dome, the Rogers Center, it's called now. We, we refer to it as the Sky Dome in this podcast. And uh, yeah, they had to cancel the game because they were scared people were going to get hit by huge pieces of falling ice. So a doubleheader yesterday, I watched about seven hours of baseball. The Blue Jays won both games, 11-5, and five, baby. I am stoked. Any other sports fans in the house? Didn't think so. Well, we got one with Ben today, but we don't talk too much about sports, just a little bit of Maple Leafs talk. Uh, two and one in the Leaf series, and how about those Raptors? Two and zero oh against the lowly Washington Wizards. That's going to come back to bite me. I know it. But that's right. April in the T is here. No longer April in the D. I'm afraid. Sorry, Detroit. But as I record this, I am about to get on a plane to head over to Europe with my band Silverstein. We are doing Empiricon Festival and a couple sideshows. And I know we have some listeners in Germany. Uh, in Europe. I know you guys are hearing this right now, so make sure you grab tickets for Empiricon. We're playing. Uh, Comeback Kid is playing. Heaven Shall Burn is doing some of the shows. It's a big, huge thing, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So come over and see us. And if you see me, you know, walking around and stuff, feel free to come up, say hi. I love meeting people, especially fans of the podcast. As I mentioned earlier, some of you might be going through lead singer syndrome withdrawal. That's okay. Perfectly normal. However, I have an option for you. If one episode a week just isn't enough, we have the All Access Club. 
For as little as $6 a month, you get access to bonus episodes, interaction with other fans of the show, interaction with me. I do a question and answer session every month. You can get merchandise shipped to your house every three months for free, access to other Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise. And of course, it is what helps keep this show growing and going week after week, keeping the lights on. And believe me, without that all-access club and your interest, and thank you to all my sinners worldwide, we would not be able to keep this show going to, to, what is it, 125 episodes I think we're at? Crazy, crazy stuff. It is awesome, and I want to thank all of the supporters. The link to check it out, all I ask is you check it out. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all-access. There's different tiers, but six bucks gets you in the door. What is six bucks a month? That's like pennies a day. Uh, so check it out again, LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all-access. Also, great friend of the show, rockabilia.com. It's still snowing in Toronto, but I'm sure it's tank top weather down south. Maybe you need a new tank top for the season. Maybe a t-shirt. Maybe you're still rocking a hoodie. I don't know. But whatever you need, if you need band merch, rockabilia.com, they got it. They have over half a million unique items, stuff you can't get anywhere else. You have not seen this stuff before. And it's all officially licensed from the artist, so there's no knockoffs, there's no crappy quality offset print. You wash it once, it fades away. You don't have to worry about that with rockabilia.com. And of course, best of all, promo code PC Jabberjaw. Enter that in. J-A-B-B-E-R-J-A-W, PC Jabberjaw. Enter that in and save 15% off your entire order at rockabilia.com. All right, I'm going back to watch Luke Maley highlights, but you stick around and listen to this episode of Lead Singer Syndrome with my good friend, Ben Kowalowitz of Billy Talent. What you say is what you get! Hey, Ben, how are you? Hey, Shane, how's it going? Dude, never better. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, great to have you, man. How, how are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm also doing quite well. I'm uh, uh, just finishing folding my laundry. Oh, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a terrific little Saturday As morning you're having. Saturday morning should be, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I just was looking at your Twitter feed, and I saw that you were at that... Uh, that Leafs game in Tampa, what a fucking heartbreaker that was. Huh? Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, well, I mean, the first two periods were were amazing. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're me and my my buds, we were all kind of sitting there quite, uh, quite cocky. Oh, you yeah. Know, with the, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. The game's my fault. I'm going to take this one because I was sitting at a bar. And I look over at my girlfriend and I go, man, I really like the way the Leafs are playing. Just, you know, <laughs> they're playing the best team in the league, you know, in the mm-hmm. division. They're just, they're, I really like the way they're skating. And then they come out in the third period and I'm like, I did this. This was yeah. me. I well, jinxed we, this game. So I'm sorry we, about we, that. We felt it all the way in Tampa. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, it must have been nice to get down to Florida. And I know you saw some Jays games and that's, that's yeah. a nice whole trip. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something um, uh, uh, my pals and I. Um, we've been, we've started last year. Well, we've actually, it's kind of, I'm an avid golfer. Yeah. Uh, I'm a terrible golfer, but I love the sport, uh, very Everyone's much. Everyone's so. a terrible golfer. 
You know, I, that's exactly true. Yeah. That's exactly true. But uh, so we all went down. I had uh, my, my, my best friend come in from Australia. And uh, so there was a lot of golfing, uh, Jays game and, uh, and the Leafs game. So, yeah, it was a, kind of the, the, the ultimate sports week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is sometimes, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of turn the old mind off sometimes and just go enjoy no, the simple things no, in life no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely but you know yeah. i'd say as a band you guys you guys take a fair amount of time off <laughs> i mean i was looking That's at funny. like i mean am i wrong i, I mean you, um, when was the last time you played a show it's been a while uh last time i played a show was um in uh, i think it was reading and leeds uh yeah so, so like end august, of august. Maybe? yeah yeah but you know we also it, it, it's a, it's a valid point and assumption <laughs> to me, but I will say, you know, we worked on the record for about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of kind of turmoil, um, which I can dive into now, or we can wait till later, but there Give was me the turmoil. Give it to me. Uh, well, just with like Aaron, our, uh, course, yeah. you know, our drummer, yeah. uh, beloved drummer and my best friend, yeah. uh, you know, finally, came to the realization that his MS um, was not permitting him to, to play drums anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we had to, um, all of us, the four of us kind of sit back and go like, well, what are we going to do here? Um, yeah. And so we were all kind of of the mindset of like, you know, just stopping and, and waiting until he is better. And unfortunately with that ailment, um, it, it you, you can't there's it's it's very erratic and, and unpredictable yeah, very unpredictable yeah and so um we decided with aaron's blessing that we were going to co- record the record so we asked our friend jordan hastings who is an alexis on fire yep uh to come play on the record and then we were hoping that aaron was going to be feeling better by the time the tour would start and unfortunately that wasn't the case and so jordan kind of came out so yeah there was just a lot of stuff around the recording of the record a lot of time that was uh, it was really hard on all of us, um, and uh, obviously, you know, for Aaron uh, especially. No, I mean, I know Aaron very well, and he's he's one of the nicest guys in the world. He certainly is. Yeah, and, he know, certainly you frequently, is. You frequently call him your best friend, you know, all the time, and, and you know, I know I saw you guys play at the ACC, whatever it was, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, he came and he played a couple songs with you guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, like, you know, you look at Billy Talent and you look at a picture of the band and you say, oh, are they a five piece now? And it's like, oh, no, no, they have, you know, Aaron and Jordan are both in, yeah. in the promo photo. So that's kind of yeah. like a, uh, it's a cool decision to make. And, and obviously you guys, like the four of you guys have been playing music together for so long. Mm-hmm. It almost doesn't, it almost wouldn't be Billy Talent if Aaron wasn't involved, at least in some capacity. Well, is that is that accurate? That is 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he is still as integral a part of, uh, of this band as, as he ever was. Right. Um, and, you know, there's some he's we're, we're working on something right now, which I can't really discuss. But that's cool. He's going to he's going to become this. Uh, we'll work on this cool thing that he's going to kind of be the face of in conjunction with the band. So that's something that we're really excited about launching this summer. And uh so going back to your point, though, about taking time off. So we, we then, you know, we worked and recorded and, and, and you know, finished writing and then recorded the record. And then we toured for 18 months, yeah. you know, and, and then we got back. And so then it was like two and a half years of just kind of nonstop. So, yes, as much as it looks on, uh, <laughs> on paper that we're, uh, we're, 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 we're not really doing anything, but we've, uh, you know, we, we needed to just kind of cool our jets and, 
and we're not, uh, you know, the spring chickens that we once were as a 42 year old man, you need to kind of recoup a little bit. So, um, so yeah, so we're actually started writing and hanging out and rehearsing kind of, I guess about three weeks ago. And, and so we're going to keep on writing and then we're going to go do a whole bunch of songs, uh, shows in the summer and then right hopefully back in the studio come september so yeah, yeah. okay so you are pretty busy after all even yeah, though you cuz as yeah. i mean if i was a you know a super fan of your band well which mm-hmm. i kind of am but that's beside the point i mean <laughs> it's like waiting 3 years for a record 4 yeah, years for a record it's like oh my god that's kind of god. the way we work we've always yeah. just been like that yeah. you know it's it's uh uh, we, we believe in that philosophy that good food takes a long time to, to make, you know, <laughs> sure, sure. and, uh, and sometimes you, you got to wait and be patient. I also think that in this day and age, you know, there's just so much constantly being thrown at people that to kind of, it's a bit crass and a bit gross to always be jumping up and down, begging for people to look at you. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to go away and, yeah. uh, and, and come back with something that you're proud, you're proud of about, you know? No, I, th- yeah. I, I you guys have done a pretty good job of that. I think you know, well, of, of picking your spots and and doing the things that I think matter, and not just doing things that are you know superfluous for, you know, just to mm-hmm. be there. You know what I mean? Well, I, yeah, I think it's I really good. I I appreciate that. I mean, we've uh, this summer is going to be our twenty fifth year together yeah. playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's uh, so we don't really have them, and and you know what it's like. You're in a band, so it's like. Bands have their own. It's a it's a, it's a living organism, you know, within <laughs> yeah. itself, and it's it has all these nuances and subtleties that. Uh, uh, and and I think that once you start overthinking those things, and instead of like trying or trying to control or manipulate how that that thing grows, um, you just have to kind of sit back and just let it be, you know. And that's kind of something we realized in the band. It's like yes, we're all very different people. But the band, we just kind of, we operate the way we want to operate and we kind of do the things that we want to do. And is it right or wrong? We don't know, but that's just kind of how we operate. You know, we believe in uh, in putting out the best stuff that we can and, and sometimes just kind of, you know, not always having to be in shoved down people's throats and faces. Right. Well, I mean, you've done a great <laughs> yeah. job. It's, you've had a lot, a lot of longevity. I mean, you talk about yeah. 25 years mm-hmm. and of course, you know, I'm as I'm recording this. I'm in I'm in Oakville, Ontario, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're we grew up like kind of around a 15 the same. minute drive away, maybe. Yeah, literally you know, yeah. from Streetsville. Uh, yeah. So I was you know familiar with Pez and and you know your the the early name of Billy Talent, if you will. And yeah. I actually have a really funny story. I don't think I've Lay ever told me. you about. I uh, told you before. So I was in a band. Uh, I was also in uh, Silverstein at the time, but we mm-hmm. were you know a local band and. And you know how it is. You're in like five fucking bands. But I was in this band called, we were called The Livid. And okay. based out of Streetsville. Really? And yes, yes. And um, we were, we had a demo deal with Atlantic Records, the oh. LA, LA office. Okay. So they were paying for us to make demos and stuff. And they did. And we made some all right stuff. Yeah. And they came down to watch us rehearse like play in our in our practice space uh-huh. it was it was kevin williamson and tom Storms. oh wow holy fuck isn't that crazy oh wait for it yeah so, so we're playing in our in our practice space we, oh i know where this story is going and that's and, fucking hilarious yes, yeah we keep and, going yeah and um and you know it's always so funny when you do these kinds of things like we're playing it probably sounds like shit and yeah, they're like yeah. rocking out like this is the best music they've ever heard you know it's so it's kind of embarrassing but yeah. uh but they, then, you know, we finished playing, we're, we're chatting, and, and I don't remember if it was Kevin or Tom, says, 
you guys heard of Billy Talent? And and we go, uh, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, Pez, yeah, they they changed their, yeah, we we know them. Mm-hmm. You, like, what do you think of the the band? And we're like, oh, they're, 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 they're like, they're pretty good. Like, yeah, we just like last night we like someone said called us and said, hey, come like check this band out, and we were like blown away. And we're like, yeah, okay, cool. Then to make a long story short. Well, they signed you and didn't sign us. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So, well, it worked out for me okay. My other it band did work out know, quite well. Did all right, but but it's it's re- it was a really funny story and and, uh, and one I don't think I've ever well, that's mentioned. Not to funny, you. yeah, no, that well, that's and that was you know that was a crazy time for us um, because we um, at that point you know we were just slugging it out um, playing whenever we could and opening for bands and playing at, you know, new music nights at the horseshoe and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, just trying to figure just fighting the good fight, you know? And, um, we ended up meeting this wonderful woman by the name, I was working at the edge as like a promo guy. So okay. I was like okay. handing out the tickets and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I could talk to you about it for six hours about this, but anyway. Yeah. No, uh, so no. she she yeah, ended up coming. A radio station in Toronto for people that don't. Yeah. Know. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I met this wonderful woman by the name of Jen Hurst, who was an, a junior and our agent for Warner Brothers. And she was like, "Oh, aren't you in a band?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "We're playing at the 360. You know, you should come down and check us out." So she <laughs> came down and checked us out, and uh, and then she was kind of the 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 one that started the whole kind of snowball of madness that that ensued, and. Um, in a good way. And then, yeah. So then I remember like different managers and people started hearing that people were kind of checking us out. And, uh, there was, um, a fellow by the name of, Oh my God, Matt Hoffman, Mark Hoffman, Matt Hoffman. I think Matt Hoffman's uh, the BMX guy, but you never know. It could be the same name. Yeah. 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 But he, <laughs> he, he ended up passing away, but he was, um, he came to see us cause he wanted, he was working for SRO, um, which is a management company in Canada here, like managers like uh-huh. Russian things yeah, like that. Yeah. So he was kind of, you know, in, wanted to see the band and he came to our rehearsal space and was like, hold on a second. And he went outside and he called Tom Storms and Kevin Williamson and said, you have to get up and come right now to come see this band. And they were at, in, in the hotel in bed. And I guess they had just come seeing you guys. Yeah, or that's something. the thing. They literally, yeah. that's what happened. And then they came back the, the next day to watch yeah. us play again and talk to us or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Funny. That's so weird. And that, and literally, it was just because this guy um, was called them and said, "You got to come here right now." And we're like, "Why?" It was like eleven o'clock on a Tuesday night. We're like, "No one's gonna." He's like, "Yeah, trust me." And then you know, next thing you know, we had two and our dudes from Atlantic US coming and checking us out. We're like, "Hey, what's up?" They just came (laughs) to see us. They flew, you know, just to see us, and then somehow. Along the way, found you guys, Isn't and here we are. Yeah? It is, Isn't that it fascinating? is, it is yeah. fascinating. And, and yeah. you know what's crazy though, too, is is you you mentioned you know you're fighting the good fight, and you're you know you're trying to make yeah. it work. Uh-huh. You know, I was like twenty or twenty one, yeah, maybe, we were, or we were twenty seven, right? Which <laughs> yeah. which which I yeah. know like doesn't seem like a big deal, maybe to people kind of outside the the industry or something, but uh-huh. that's very that's very old to to be you know to get your first. You know, kick it well, the yeah, I mean, and we, like I said, you know, we started in 93 and, uh, you know, up until that point, this was 2000 and I guess it's 2001 going on to 2002, somewhere around there, yeah. you know, and, and no one, you know, we did everything by ourselves. We had no one help us, no one do anything. And, and, you know, and we, 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 we cut our teeth. Um, <laughs> yes. and then all of a sudden we just had someone kind of, you know, um, believe in us or see something in us and, and then it all, it all kind of changed, but that's a very strange, 
um, almost serendipitous kind of yeah. uh, thing, you know, that uh, and we're both still here to, to talk about, you know, no. which is cool. Yeah. No, and, and I love Super it. Super cool. I love it. And, and, you know, I always thought it was, was interesting, you know, how you guys have had extreme amounts of success in Canada, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Europe, the UK, Australia, you know, pretty much the entire world, mm-hmm. but the United States, the country <laughs> that signed you, yeah, you know, you got signed directly to Atlanta. It wasn't uh, uh-huh. sorry, Atlantic. It wasn't like you were a, a, a Canadian band with a upstream deal or some bullshit. It uh-huh. was a legitimate record deal to a U.S. label. Yeah. Yet, yet somehow yeah. the territory that signed you somehow Signing with the, wasn't the, the one. Devil. I, I guess, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Isn't, like, I mean, you've had an, an amazing career of so many albums. And I mean, this isn't something that I would maybe have asked you about on album number two. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? What's like going on with the, with the U.S. Uh, ben? <laughs> but, you know, you've had some time to reflect and look back and think about it and kind of say, what the fuck? What happened? Well, I'm still saying that. Right, um, right. And, and it's, it's something, you know... Um, well, I guess it's kind of the plight of the Canadian band. You know, we always, um, we've always been led to believe that um, having success in America was like the golden carrot that was dangled in front of your, your, you know. And I was like, ooh, and you're kind of chasing it, you're chasing it, you're chasing it. And eventually, we, um, you know, we kind of, we we've had, a, we have a very strong. Um, and loyal fan base in the U.S., albeit at a, at a smaller level. Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those things where when we signed with the U.S. and, you know, again, we had never had any interaction with labels. We were a completely uh, self-funded independent band for almost a decade. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, a, an iconic label being like, we yeah. want to sign you. And you're like, what? How? What? Like, how is this even possible? You know, like it was just, it was so far out of the realm of possibility to us. Um, And then it happened, you know? (laughs) And so we were kind of just strapped to the front of a rocket ship and we're just trying to go on the floor. We had no manager. Like we had no, (laughs) there was no one giving us advice. Thank God (laughs) Chris Chris Taylor, who's a very respected um, lawyer. lawyer, entertainment lawyer was kind enough to kind of navigate us through so we didn't completely fuck ourselves. And, uh, and, uh, but yeah, you know, and then we were stumbling through the streets of New York, drunk as skunks going like, does this happen? Did we just, you know, uh, but yeah. So then over time and over a consecutive, um, a lot of the people that we met, um, were great people that were really passionate about the band and, and, and cared about music or, or at least they were, great actors um but you know and and then all of a sudden like they all got fired you know and like oh, the, yeah, yeah. the industry changed and the and the, the 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 rug got pulled out from underneath these people and literally that was the beginning of the demise of the of the music industry you know because yeah. it was you know all the big fat cats were finally being you know um they were just they, they, it was not a sustainable um you know operating system and so a lot of good people also lost their jobs and you know so we were then the next record we're standing in a room with a bunch of people we've never met before who don't care about us who you know they want to push the new sean paul record you know and we're like okay and then and then the next record everyone else is gone now so even those people you know what i mean so it just kind of became this this weird kind of thing that we never really got to um we never really had the chance to to develop and work on 
relationships with people and, 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 you know, and also, you know, maybe the, we were just a little, you know, the joke in our band is like, we're 10% too weird for the States, you know, just, we're just a little, something just doesn't connect and that's fine too, you know, but, um, Yes, it's, it is strange. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then from the other side of the coin, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. golden carrot. I mean, Silverstein, <laughs> we've, we've, we've done very well in the U.S. And we've always struggled in, in Canada. You know what I mean? We, for us, it's always been the opposite. Well, know? that's why I was so proud of you guys when I saw, you know, uh, you know how big the crowds are and a lot of the, the, uh, the momentum that was uh, behind you guys there. And, and that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Again, you know, there's just no... There's no rhyme or reason exactly. to it. Exactly. That's and the words I was going to use. Yeah, we just have to be fortunate to and appreciative that there are people that give a shit about us, regardless of where they live yeah. in the world. No. Uh, it's, it's pretty special, you know? It's just such a head-scratcher. Well, but isn't it just the Canadian the Canadian way? Like, you, you go through all of the history, <laughs> like, like the hip. They never... You know, they're, they're, they're national treasures here in yeah. Canada. And they, they never had that big... You know that big American single, where like you know, no. um, it was just there's just a lot of bands um, that have always, I don't know, there's just something about us that doesn't connect well, fully in America, yeah, which but, is very you know, strange. My yeah. theory though is is typically not that it's something to do with something not connecting musically or personality wise or whatever. I think it's almost always like an industry thing where you, you know, like. I don't even want to bring up fucking Headley anymore. But, you know, mm. like a band like that that's like big in Canada, no one knows who the fuck they are in the U.S. because they signed to a Canadian label and the guy was on a TV show in Canada. So that's why that only worked there. Yeah, you know? I guess. But then yeah, a band like you guys signing to the U.S. Or, or someone like yeah. Sim- Simple Plan who signed directly mm-hmm. to the U.S. And, the, um, and some signed with Island. Some 41, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So those yeah. kinds of bands, they've all had success in the U.S. So it makes sense in that way. But, but yeah. like... I'm just at a loss sometimes when I when I think about this and and it being your band, I mean you don't you don't fucking know either. So <laughs> yeah, no, we have no idea. Yeah. and I guess and and that's the best part is we've kind of just you know, um, I think we 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 maybe have made some decisions in our in our past that were maybe a little bit U.S. centric. Like okay, we're going to focus on this. We're going to try to do this. I think maybe other things uh, suffered, but then we also realized that. You know, the world's a big place and yeah. we love spending time in Europe. And I love going to Germany and Austria and Switzerland and Hungary and Poland and Russia and South Africa and Australia and, and Japan. And, you know, like you, and you just you're kind of Finland and Sweden and Denmark. Yeah. And you just kind of like and you're going like, holy fuck, this is a beautiful planet. And there's so many wonderful people. And we just decided that instead of just touring america around and around and around which we did for a long time we just decided that we were just going to focus our attention on europe and canada and the uk and yeah. and kind of just develop things there and see what would happen you know it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like a calculated like looking over a risk board you know what i mean but it was like it's like <laughs> we just kind of went where people were were gravitating towards sure. us you yeah, know it's it natural to do that sense. absolutely well, yeah yeah, it is. Yeah, and so we've been really, really lucky and fortunate. One of my favorite moments was when you guys came and you did a little, a few days on Warp Tour. I think this is like maybe 2013, because uh, we we were there. And mm-hmm, I remember, yeah. I remember you were on the the one main stage, and the band after you guys was Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, and of course, you know, 
what they've done is insane. And, and they, but at this point, they were still real big. And they had to yeah. have this sea of kids, you know, waiting for them to go on, like, which tends to happen on Warped Tour. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. have, you know, a smaller crowd. And, and I remember you saying, I remember I saw like Ollie Sykes and, and some of those guys like on stage watching you. And you say to the crowd, hey, you motherfuckers waiting for Bring Me the Horizon. You know where they are? They're on stage watching us. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I probably. Uh, yeah, and, I and it was, be, uh, and I just love yeah. that. And then you know, it just made me think about what you just said—that the world is such a big place, and like, yeah. we're in, we're in fucking, I don't know, Jacksonville, Florida, and like, they don't get it, and whatever, you know. Well, and that's the thing, and that's also, you know, you also got to keep in mind, like, we came out at a time, like the band, like when we first, like, there was still much music. You know, and there was still yeah. uh, there was still multiple rock stations across Canada that were, you know, that everyone was kind of drinking from the same well at that time. You know, like everyone watched much music. Everyone listened to this radio station. Everyone read these magazines. You know what I mean? Um, and so we just kind of went exploded onto like now we're on TV every right. 10 minutes, you know? So we were kind of one of those bands that had, um, we had like that old school kind of machine. We were part of that. And then all of a sudden that door closed and then there was no more much music and there was, they yeah. didn't play videos anymore and rock stations were collapsing all around us. And, and, you know, so we were fortunate that we were, you know, we got blasted out into all these people that maybe would never have heard of us before. Right. And my point to that is, is like, so uh, we've had the, the, the privilege, I guess, of, 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 maintaining a career because people kind of remember us from back in the day as where like kids nowadays who have no point of reference of who we are, we're going to play in a place like Jacksonville, Florida on a, you know, three o'clock in an afternoon on a scorching hot <laughs> Tuesday and kids, they don't know us. They've never heard of us. Sure. There was no way, you know, there's, there was no, there's no infrastructure built that people right. can go like, Oh yeah. Or maybe it's like my older brother used to listen to those guys. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and I love, I love that kind of stuff now too, but it's uh yeah, we were, we were, we were fortunate. I love that when people say that to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Billy talent. Oh, I used, I used to, to love, love you guys. guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you used to, but you still do, right? <laughs> yeah, we're still doing it. You know, it's just, but that's also the thing is that people, you know, they equate you with the time, and 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 mm -hmm. you know, we're really fortunate that we are still making fans. You know, that yeah. when we go play, we have the first you know x amount of rows are all like young young people, and it's so inspiring to us that. You know, we have guys now coming up to us, uh, you know, being like, oh, I'm a fan and I used to go see you and now I'm bringing my kids to come see you play. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that to me is like, that's just so badass. It is so, it is so great. cool. Yeah. It is yeah. so cool. Well, you know, you, you talk about the, the mainstream stuff, you know, the much music and the radio, but in, in some ways you guys were lumped in, you know, with the, you know, quote unquote scene, you, oh, know, you, God. you know, doing yeah. Well, you were. I mean, doing you did yeah, work no, tour totally. dates. You toured with yeah, Alexis yeah, on Fire yeah, yeah, earlier in your career. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you say, "Oh God!" Like I always felt like you guys didn't feel like you belonged at all. Well, because we never like. You got to keep in mind is like we grew up at a time where you know, like we were teenagers in like ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, sure, when sure. all of like the Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Rage Against Machine, Tool, Green Day, like all of like Oasis, like it was fucking just a tidal wave, and we grew up. We were the most you know at the most influential age, and that's we we're just like we want to do that. 
you know. Um, but we also loved Nirvana as much as we loved Tribe Called Quest, you know what I mean? And we loved Tribe just as much as we loved, you know, going to see Tool. You know, it's like, so we were, we had all of this, like we just played music because we liked music. It didn't matter. We were never so categorically put into, we are this, we right. are that, you know. Uh, so that was our influences. Like we love Faith No More just as much as we love Led Zeppelin, or we love the Police just as much as we love the Buzzcocks. You know what I mean? So it's like right. we just we never were we were never part of a scene. Like we would play, you know, um, with punk bands. We play with ska bands. We play with like bar bands, rock bands, hip hop acts. We, like we would just play wherever there was a stage. We would play. So then all of a sudden, when we kind of came out in like the, you know in the world's eyes, not just playing in front of our exactly, friends. Exactly, yes. Um, they were kind of like, well, you are this. And we're like, well, what is that? What's the fuck is, you know, we're not part of, we're not screamo. We're not right. emo. We're not pop punk. We're a fucking rock and roll band, you know, that we can throw down in a couple different ways. And so, yeah, we kind of got, we kind of got put into a big pot that we were never necessarily comfortable with, um, but we kind of, you know, what can you do? But in some ways, but <laughs> yeah. but in some ways, I think it was beneficial because if you're looking sure, at as, I guess as, so. this, yeah. as this like mainstream, you know, corporate rock band, that's and then all that goes away. Like all, like you said, all those doors close. They're not playing videos on on much music or yeah. Like you yeah. made a real impact with your music. In mm -hmm. some ways, wow. people looked at it as. You know, uh, like in the same vein as something like Alexis on Fire or, or you know, uh, a scene band because you vocally you were very different. Yeah. Um, you guys still had aggression, aggression, aggressiveness yeah. to your music, yeah. and you still had, uh, you know, your your music was different. And like, you know, you bring up all these bands, but like when I heard your band, I heard At the Drive In. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people. And did. that's yeah. not a well, that's, that's not a really like a mainstream band at all. Like they're you know. Well, this is the thing, dude. Is we didn't really have any idea what we were doing. We just we always and to this day we just write what we like and we've and that was that that's where we were at at that time in our lives. Yeah. Was, you know, signs like uh, songs like Lion and Snicker and Triodicy and, and and how it goes like these big kind of like crazy songs. But our motivation wasn't necessarily coming from like a scene. It was just coming from being influenced and being open-minded and yeah. having your heart and your mind open and listening to things and being like, oh, you don't know why you're doing it, but you just have to do it because it feels right, you know? And that's something that I, I you know, I, I guess we've always respected everybody and, and wherever they want to hang their hat or align themselves with, we've always just kind of been very respectful of all of it, you know? Like, I don't care if you're in a punk rock band or if you're in a screamo band or if you're in a hardcore band. It's just, you know, if you're good people and you're doing it for the right motivations, then how can I fault you or have an opinion on it? Just be, just Absolutely. be a good, just be a good dude. You Absolutely. know? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I want to ask you about your voice. Uh, you know, yeah. Very unique voice. <laughs> it's uh, one way of wording it. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, it's and, weird. and, I kind of wonder, you know, you bring up, God, the influences you just rhymed off, you know, a couple minutes ago, you yeah. know, Buzzcocks, Led Zeppelin, the police. I mean, love the police. Where, I love the police too. Where, where did you find your voice? Is, or is this like, was there influences from these, these bands to sing like the way you do and scream and yell the way you do? Or was that just something that you're just, this is me letting it rip? <laughs> 
You know what? That's a really good question, and I've never really thought about it. Um, I guess you know, I've, I've, I was a drummer, so let's just. I, I, I played drums originally uh, in our first band. It was me, Johnny, and uh, a couple other guys, and. I got kicked off the drums for this guy named Aaron because he was far superior to me. And I was, I was completely devastated because I had just moved from, um, from Milton to Mississauga and I didn't really know anybody. And I met these guys and I was excited to, you know, be in a band. And I was right. a very, you know, below average drummer, which I still am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I got kicked off. So I kind of, and then I was so upset cause I was, you know, I, I wanted to play music and then I got a call from the singer, this guy named Trevor Bowman, who I'm sure you might be familiar with. And he's like, Hey, you know, maybe you can come and sing some like backup kind of stuff and do some harmony kind of stuff. I'm like, okay. Cause I just wanted to be in a band so bad. I didn't care what I had to do. I never sang before. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't I had no idea. So I went and I got a mic phone from radio shack and Johnny had like a little fender rad amp. Yeah, I remember the rad at, amp. Yeah. And at that time, you know, everyone, because you're a kid, you're, everything's at fucking 14 on your amp and everyone's just playing as loud as they can. So I would actually have to put the Fender Rad like on my shoulder with this little radio <laughs> shack, but just so I could hear myself. Of course. Know? Yeah. Just so I could have a fighting chance. So I really had no idea what my singing voice sounded like or, or what it was or what I could do, you know? And, I know for a fact that like my favorite singers uh, now in hindsight are like, I love, absolutely love Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. They're one of my uh -huh. favorite bands in the whole world. Yeah. Um, uh, Freddie Mercury, just because he's the best, maybe yes. of all time. I agree. And uh, like Mike Patton and, you know, uh, these kind of people that were very alien almost, you yeah. know, like they, they, they never they, really fit in. For it. And then I was kind of like, uh, definitely left and, of center, like androgynous like, yeah, and yes, just these, yes. these kind of, you know, and so I kind of got really attracted to that type of singing, you know, and, uh, and I, when I first started, I was always trying to sound like everybody else. And I was trying to sound like Ben covering Scott Weiland, you know, <laughs> Ben covering Lane Staley from Alice in Chains, Ben covering, you know, Ed, who Eddie Vedder is my favorite singer of all time. I will just say that. And person, he is just my, my idol and someone that I look up to with tremendous respect. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it was kind of me portraying these caricatures, you know, <laughs> and eventually I was just like, fuck, I can't do that. And it sounds terrible. So eventually I just kind of succumbed to just finding my own voice yeah. and being okay with that. And, you know, it was hard because I, you know, especially in the beginning years, you know, the because, I think the band, um, like Ian and Johnny and Aaron, you know, they're such amazing, advanced musicians. Um, when, especially when we were younger, that I was trying to keep up with these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And I just trying not to embarrass myself or embarrass them. You know? And um, so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, a very strange thing when you when people would be like, oh, the band's good, but the singer, eesh. You know, <laughs> because I wasn't, I wasn't everyone's cup of tea and I was angry and I was screaming a lot and I was, you know, I was this little like fucking flamethrower, you know, and I just yeah. wanted to burn everything down. Um, and then over time I've, and I can say this to you uh, and, and feel confident that it's like, I've really worked on singing. Like I've really right. worked on, on, and, and I guess that's a testament to Ian's songwriting as well is because he's given me a vessel to kind of challenge myself and push myself to, 
not just be this one-dimensional kind of character and to kind of look, I guess it's about painting with different colors, you know, and, and realizing that you don't just need to always paint in red with exclamation marks, you know, like there can be subtleties and there can be, there can be nuances and figuring out where your voice can go and trying to push it further, but then also realizing when you've pushed it too far. <laughs> you no, know, no, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's well, something I've been really working on. Yeah. No. And it's, I mean, I think with every record you, you do get different elements and different, you know, uh, vibes totally. So I, I get it. It's summer. It's hot outside. I know a lot of us are enjoying the weather out in the backyard or on a patio. And personally, I love to grab a refreshing Miller High Life. Miller High Life is unpretentious, high quality, and is there to celebrate the wins of every day, big or small, whether it's a promotion at work, finishing off some tasks around the house, or even just finding all your socks in the dryer. It's within everyone's reach and was founded on that principle back in 1903 that everyone should enjoy the good life. It's still brewed the same way with refreshing champagne-like tiny bubbles either in an iconic glass bottle or for this summer in limited edition champagne cans. It brings pride to those simple summer moments that don't have to be big to call for celebration. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. A quality beer within everyone's reach. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit. And then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash LSS. Um, I just, I think that's in some ways your voice is not mainstream. You know, I mean, maybe Perry Farrell's voice isn't very mainstream either. Yeah. But, I mean, they're a huge band. They, I mean, but but were you surprised that, first of all, that a record label like Atlantic Records wanted to sign you? And, yeah. And second of all, that all these radio stations want to play your music? Oh, my God. It was like, fucking like, insane, dude. I always, I always just, like, I, I love your band and I always have, but there'll be times when I'll hear a, a song on the radio... Um, River Below or something, you know, yeah, a song yeah. like that. It's a huge hit. Hear it on the radio yeah. all the fucking time. And I'm just like, <laughs> some radio guy heard this and was like, yep, 
That's what people I want people to hear at at four thirty in the afternoon driving home yep. from work. And I'm it's shocking <laughs> to me. It's great. It's great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I, it, it I don't know. It's it has surprised me. And I don't know if, if it surprised you. It's your voice. I, when I'm, it, it, it still to this day surprises me when I'm driving around right here. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, but it's, it's – it, you also got to remember the time too. You know, it was it – was, Canadian rock radio was very safe and very homogenized and exactly. very particular, right? Um, so it was um, – you know, the tea parties and, and the Our Lady Pieces and the, you know, which are fine, like, you know, good bands and Rain's a great dude. But, yeah, it was like of that kind of, of that kind of ilk for Canadian bands, right? Um, and then, <coughs> cue to us, fucking weirdos. Uh, all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, all of a, you know, we were talking to our, our, our friend who was working in radio at the time. And he's like, yeah, I, like, you just got added to every station in Canada. We're like, What? You know, every rock radio station. But the reason why I think that worked in our favor is because the juxtaposition between us and what was happening around us actually helped us because we stood out that much more. And I think that that was something, and especially a song like Trianas, when you hear it, uh, it was just like a, it was just this fucking, it just jumped out of the speakers at you. You know, it was, it was an undeniable uh, sound at a time when everything around it was pretty safe, this was something that was not safe and it was weird. And it was, uh, and, and I think that it just kind of everything else around us helped us, you know? Uh, so yeah, cause I just think that people were maybe looking for a little something new. And at that time, not saying, you know, we're reinventing the wheel, but at that time we just, it it just seemed to connect with people. Yeah. It was very strange, very, very strange feeling. (laughs) No, no, it it is, but it's, but it's, it's incredible and it continues. And I mean, you know, the new album still has the, the bangers, the hits, Mm -hmm. you know, go show cannibal rats is the song I'm hearing on the radio all the time. Really? Um, That's on the radio. I think so. That's great. That's good. I, I heard it on 97.7, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know what? 97.7, yeah, they, yeah. They've always been big supporters. And yeah, various, yeah, great so guys cool. over there. Paul's yeah, a great guy. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you, tell me about this the new record, um, uh, you know, and, and kind of what went into this 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 newest album. Um, well, it was, uh, again, it was a very interesting time for us because of going back to uh, the with situation Aaron, yes. with Aaron and then... Um, and as much as, you know, Jordan is our, our pal and we've been friends with him for a long time and, you know, arguably one of the best drummers in this country, I would say, but it's just even that like working relationship of like, Hey, you know, like we've never recorded for, you know, again, almost 23 years at that point, it's always been the four of us. So to have uh, someone else come in was a strange adaptation and, um, Jordan was amazing and, you know, everyone got along and Aaron was in the studio every day and it was really this beautiful, as beautiful as an awkward thing could be, you know? Um, right. But yeah, so, um, so the recording, I mean, this, this record, I would say more so than any record was definitely Ian's baby, you know, like uh, uh-huh. we have, uh-huh. we have our own little studio and he kind of spent 15 hours a day in there for a year. You know, <laughs> and yeah. cause that's what he loves to do. And he got into production. He's been producing records now. And um, so this was definitely Ian's kind of uh, his his vision definitely ran really strong throughout the whole process of it. And I had nothing but the, the most uh, tremendous amount of respect and uh, appreciation for his vision and dedication and his, his, his passion 
for doing it, you know. So, um, so yeah, it was a, it was a really fun record. It was challenging at times. It, the 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 we were started recording. I'm a big believer in um, and well, not believer, but I'm aware of seasons. <laughs> okay. And uh, and I think that you know we started recording right in like two days after. It was like January 3rd we started recording oh, okay. in the dead of winter yeah. in Toronto and it was fucking freezing and miserable and horrible. And there was just like this constant struggle with the record. You know what I mean? Like there was just always this kind of, this visceral kind of pushing a rock up the mountain. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, like once we kind of got to the mixing and everything, then the weather started improving and the sun started coming out. It was like this, this beautiful kind of epiphany of, you know, um, and, and this, 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 this realization that like, okay, yes, you know, and all of that struggle and all of those things, it actually came out beautifully on the record, you know? Okay, um, well, definitely you don't want to start when it's warm out and then finish yeah. when it's cold out or the record will just take a total shit. Yeah, yeah. well, that's so, uh, it's so not interesting. Definitely yeah. do it that way. Yeah. Well, no, it's just, it was, it was really interesting to, uh, to kind of see, um, to kind of, you know, I, and you know what it's like, you've been doing this a long time. It's like, well, there has to be those moments on records that are really hard and challenging and, right. and you might have not see eye to eye and there's like conversations and, you know, long days and tired nights and, you know, you're trying to fucking get it right. You just can't get it right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then you get it. You're like, yes, you know, but like, I mean, we, lyrically, we did it. You lyrically, know? did Ian take on more of a role on this record yeah, than, on than this in record the past? For sure. Is that, yeah, is that sure. like weird for you or is that something no, that's hard, absolutely not. makes it harder for you no. to connect? No, I mean, Ian and I have always, uh, you know, we've always since, well, I mean, back on the first record, you know, uh, I would say I was, you know, wrote a lot of those songs uh, and he had parts on, and wrote a lot of the songs as well. But, uh, we, you know, we've developed this relationship now where we sit and we work together and we've done that since like, you know, what's a good example? Like a song like Nothing to Lose. Like I, uh -huh. I remember writing all the verses and writing everything. And then he had this chorus lines and then we just used that for the chorus, you know, because yeah. so we've always just really worked well off of each other, bouncing ideas off of each other. And uh, I think every single song, you know, um, especially in the early years, um, you know, there was a healthy balance between the two of us. And that was something that was, uh, I think, part of the sound. Because, again, you're, I always think that you're collaborating and working with these people. And so you're trying to make the best decisions and make the, the best idea or present the best ideas for the song. It doesn't matter about the, um, the ego or who said what or who did this. It's a matter of, like, in 20 years when you're listening to the song, was that the right decision to put that, that right, sentiment right. there? You know? So yeah, I've never really looked at it as like a slight or a, um, you know, it's Ian had a ton of beautiful, great, amazing ideas. And I remember even Ian, because he's just such a lovely fucking guy, you know, he's like, you know, we'd be working on a song. He's like, well, I had kind of this, up until this point, and, you know, but it's nothing set in stone and we could try to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I listened to it. I was like, that's fucking beautiful. Like, why would I want to change that right. just to say that I changed it? You know what I mean? Or to like, well, you, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's just well, not, the, that's just not how we work. But Ian's also not that like, he's also the kind of guy that I can be like, I think that this can, you know, let's try doing this. And he's like, yeah, and it will work. And he'll be like, we're going to use that. You know what I mean? Well, there's a weird collaboration thing that happens, I feel mm -hmm. too. And I, I always think when I'm 
writing like let's just talk about lyrics let's stick to yeah, lyric sure. writing yeah when i write a lyric for someone else or something like that i'm always more conscious of it being like where the weaknesses are yeah you know what i mean and i think that that happens when when people write things for me too and yeah. then and then they're like they've thought about it a lot because they don't want to give it to me and me be like what the hell is this and i'll be like i see all the holes in it right away that they yeah. knew that, that they knew were there so sometimes, you know, that can happen with collaboration. And the other thing that happens too, sometimes when you sing someone else's words, they can just mean something different to you that you can absolutely. really run, run away with. Too, totally. In, in your 100%. Own yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's also the thing. And that's, that's kind of a, a good point. It's like yeah. sometimes you need a set, of, a, a set of eyes on something, right? Like sometimes you need to be like, well, I think that this is fucking great. And then you give it to somebody and they're like, it's not, you know, they're like, oh shit, I never saw that. I never saw it from that, you know? And that's why I think being in a band is a collaboration with the people in the band, you know? Um, And definitely like, you know, Ian and I have talked and the band's talked and this record, I think is going to be a lot more collaborative because uh, just because we're all there and we're ready for that as well. You know, like, the last record was definitely uh, Ian's, like I said, Ian's baby, and he had a lot of vision, and he had a lot of, you know, kind of um, the way he wanted it to. He he had a long term vision for the record, yes. you know. Um, and again, you know, I would help and add when I could, and but I would also stand out of get out of my own way, you know what I mean, to let him uh, for, for the greater good of the song. You know, Absolutely. but again, so on this record, you know, we've already started talking about like how we're going to approach it and what we're going to do. And, and, you know, um, and I, you know, we all, we have an open enough and a beautiful kind of dialogue that it's like, I need to see more me in this record. You know, I need to, I need to, I have all these great ideas and that I think are great ideas. And so we'll sit and we'll work on them together. You know what I mean? And he'll have ideas as well. And we're going to sit and work on them together. You know? So it's, I'm really excited for, for, for the next, the next step, but I'm also very appreciative of the people that I get to be in this band with because they're just fucking amazing. Well, you got a great group and, and it's, you know, it's amazing. You've done it this long, you know, with the same guys and you guys have stuck together and it's like, it just seems like you could never, it just wouldn't work with anyone else. You know, it's just, yeah. that's just how it seems like everyone well, has to be there and Aaron still has to be there. Even if he's not yeah. physically playing, you know, just as there as, as you know, just as a, a personality, as, as a, a collaborator. I mean, it just, yeah. it just, it really does make sense, especially me knowing you guys and knowing you guys for yeah. so many years. It really just wouldn't work with anybody else. I really agree. Well, that, thanks, dude. I appreciate yeah. that. And you know, I think it's also you know we're just we're just trying again in this in this really crazy time and place uh, that we're that we're living in, and all of the madness that is that is going around us, and yeah. um, to just be able to still be able to play music with my buds and uh, go around the world and sing some rock songs, and hopefully, you know make people smile and make people feel something for, for a night. It's not something that we take lightly, you know? And, Absolutely. And, and, and that's why all of the bands out there and your band and, uh, and all of our buds that are out there fighting, you know, fighting the good fight is, you know, I'm just proud of everybody because there's still people that, you know, and I've been having this conversation a lot lately about, you know, is rock finally kind of, you know, is it over? I'm like, no, it's not. No. It's a it's beautiful time and it's percolating and it's going to, the cycle is going to be, you know, I think people are getting, they're just sick of eating um, 
food with no nourishment just because, you know, it's a lot of, as my, as my dad would say, it's a lot of frosting and no cake, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that, uh, I think that we're finally at a point now where people are starting to come back to, to live rock shows and that community and that well, feeling absolutely. of, you know, yeah. I mean, people so. want to say rock is dead. Well, maybe this summer they can go to Reading, Leeds, Hurricane, Grass yeah. Pop or Nova yeah, Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, which yeah. you guys are playing all those ones. Some We're of them doing are all like, those ones. Yeah, you know, as they're probably I don't know, is Hurricanes got to be like eighty thousand or something like that, right? I mean, it's like they're massive yeah. festivals. Yeah. Um, d- does it get old doing those? I mean, it can't possibly get no, old. But you've done them so not. many times. Well, this is actually a really big year for us. Um, because we're actually her, uh, we're headlining Hurricane and, and yeah. Southside for the for the first time ever in our lives. Oh, which wow. I, for people that don't really know, it's this um, it's probably the second biggest festival in Germany um, that's been going on for like thirty years, and uh, we played it for a long time, and we've clawed our way <laughs> uh, tooth and nail. And so when we got asked to headline, it was a really big moment for us to be like, yes. <laughs> it's a uh, the hard work paid off, and so yeah, awesome. that one's going to be thanks, dude. Yeah, well, it's a uh, it's it's uh, again for four idiots from fucking Mississauga to to <laughs> <laughs> be able to do something like that uh, is is not something that we take lightly. But you know, it's uh, you're right. You know, people people there are outlets for it, and you just got to go find it. And I think that uh, we all have to. Anyone that's in a band, regardless of the genre, we have to start supporting each other and encouraging each other and encouraging people to go out and support local venues and uh, support the local band at their high school even, you know, and, right. and, and, and kind of perpetuate this thing that's given both of us a, a wonderful life and opportunity to, you know, to do what we want to do. And we got to create that infrastructure for other people to follow that as well. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks so much, man. I, I got one last question for you. Sure. Go ahead. What was it like? playing at the Sky Dome opening for Guns N' Roses? <laughs> well, that was a weird one. Yeah, I mean, it was a... Uh, a weird one? It's awesome. I, no, I, wish, I, I wanted I mean, to go to the show the whole... so bad, and I, I, uh, I, wasn't, I was on tour. No, it was... Uh, I, I remember we were, on, we were on tour in Germany, uh, of course, and I was laying in bed, and it was, you know, it was... I was, I was going to watch... I think it was Game of Thrones. So I had like I was, <laughs> had everything lined up. I was going to just sit and watch Game of Thrones right. and have a coffee and just, you know, I was just excited to have a day off and be by myself. And I got, got a call um, being like, hey, or an email story saying like, hey, GNR wants you to open for them at uh, the Rogers Center in Toronto. I'm like, <laughs> what? And I just, I just, I was like, I started laughing. I was like, yeah, right. You know? And my manager's like, no, I'm being fucking totally serious. Uh, you have to so, check yeah. the calendar so, to make sure it's not yeah. April 1st. Well, we actually had a show book for that day somewhere else, but that one kind of got pushed aside. Yeah. Just, uh, you, you don't get that often. But you know what was cool? We played um, – did you guys ever do um, – uh, it's in Australia, the festival uh, Summer Soundwave? Sonic. Soundwave, that's it. So yeah, we did it. Yeah. We did it twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. So Soundwave, we, we, we were doing it, and uh, beside our dressing room was – Duff was there with uh, Loaded. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was like his side project kind of band. And so I'm just standing there and I kind of, and there's Duff, just Duff McKagan, just sitting there by himself, just like, you know, and I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> and he's like, hey. And so we ended up uh, getting along really well. And he was a complete and utter gentleman. I heard and he is such a, really a nice fucking guy. sweetheart. Yeah. And then we ended up doing like our own. Um, like a sideshow kind of thing, you know, like, you know, and like on yeah, days off yep. you go. Yeah. Yep, so we did, yep. we, we were, we were playing in Sydney and he kind of came up to me. He's like, Hey man, is it cool if uh, me and uh, the guitar player come and see, see the show? It's right. I'm like, yeah, 
<laughs> sure, Duff McKagan. Uh, so anyway, so he came and hung out to hang out in the dressing room before the show and then stayed at the front of house for the entire show and came hang out afterwards. Wow. You know? And so I think that might have had something to do with us getting could be. I think it just it's just so random, right? Like, right. hey, you want to you know. So anyway, yeah, so all of that being said, and I'm giving a little bit of a backstory. To be able, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan, as you know. Um, so am I. And to be able to play, like, at the fucking Sky Dome right. opening for GNR, you know, like, you know, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty. <laughs> and the best part about that too is, like, you know, that was a bit of a. It's it's a bit of a daunting task opening for a band that no one cares about the opening band. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? It's like you are just they're like, hurry up, kid, get off the fucking stage. I yep. want to see Axel. You know. Yep. Uh, but the crowd was amazing, and they were so kind and so cool. And I think we, uh, uh, I think we maybe have um, uh, won some won some people over. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was a beautiful beautiful day. Yeah, that's it, great. It was, and then getting to sit in the away team dugout and watch GNR was also pretty cool. Drinking, <laughs> drinking beers, yeah. <laughs> Not wine, you're a wine yeah. guy. I, I am a wine guy, yeah. But um, you know, when you're when in Rome, you know, it's funny. I'll tell you a quick story um, about Soundwave. It just reminded me. So one of the years we did it, uh, Slash was there, like doing, oh, okay. his, well, doing yeah, his like you solo, go. you know, his yeah. like solo Slash thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm in like the catering line uh, at at Soundwave, and I'm you know I'm a vegetarian, so I asked the I asked for like the vegetarian option. So they go and they reach down and, and they pull out this thing and, and for me. And all I hear behind me is, damn, that looks good. And I turn around and it's Slash. And I, I'm, about cool. to, I'm about to respond, right? With the, yeah. damn, that looks good. But when I realized it was Slash, this is what I said. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's verbatim what I said. And, yeah, he, well. and, he, and all he said was, Cool, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, and I yeah, said, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, no, it just looks like a great salad. And then I turned well, around mortified and, you know, considered slitting my wrists. So. <laughs> no. Uh, it, well, that's also, you know, you got to think about it. When you're kids, you never, ever, ever thought that, you know, you'd be standing in a line <laughs> you know, ordering food dude. with like an uh, literally a rock and roll icon, dude. You know, I know. like yeah, like you never like I, you just that, that's what I was going back to even like before. Like you never ever think, um, you know, that we had no idea. We always dreamt big, and we always had big aspirations. But when when you're standing, and you know, I still like again, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, and yeah. I remember meeting Eddie Vedder and having a big talk to him and, and he, him, you know, he, he wrote me this lovely letter and, uh, and, and, you know, and like I'm standing there and he gives me the hug and I'm like, this is fucking like my idol, you know, like this is someone when I was 15, 16 years old, like I was looking up to this person as like, a, you know, and I still look up to him, you know, and yeah. so for him to be like, hey, Ben. <laughs> you know, like that still just kind of blows my mind that we, we get to, that's the beautiful thing about music is it can take you places that you never dreamt or, or, oh, or, or you ever believe were possible, you know? And that's why it's uh, important for all of us to keep going and, and keep doing it. Wow, dude. Well, that's, that's yeah. a great story and inspirational and, and, uh, 
It's great to hear you're doing so well, and, and thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Dude, thank you, because I remember you asking a long time ago, and I just uh, I just remember, you know, I, for some reason or another, it just never really worked out. So yeah. thank you for considering me, and thanks for doing it, and thanks for being a voice to, 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 to a lot of, you know, a lot of great things, especially... Thank you, man. Because I know you've, you've done, like... The flag, and I know you had um, Tim on from Rise, and yeah, so you're, yeah, you're, you know, it's it's cool, it's cool. Absolutely. You're, you're well, well, thanks. Keeping man. it alive, keeping it alive. I'm trying. Well, thank you, brother. Appreciate thanks. it, and let me know when you're going to put it up because I'd love to share. Yeah, it with, a couple uh, weeks. A couple weeks. Great. I think I got. Uh, I got next week. I have the guy from Dream Theater. So. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. it was terrific. It's a great it's a yeah. great episode. I, I but, will uh, listen. All right, man. Well, thanks again, <laughs> okay. and go Blue Jays. Yes, agreed. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. See ya. Yep. See ya. So there it is with Ben. What a great conversation. Eye-opening. So much cool stuff there. I hope you took so much away from it. Thank you, Ben, for taking the time to do this. And if you are in Europe, make sure you don't miss them headlining all these crazy festivals. Congratulations to them. Wow. Amazing, the stuff that Billy Talent has done. It is incredible. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, it's really easy. You can email me. LeadsingerSyndrome at gmail.com. Feel free to add us on all the social media. We're on there, especially Facebook. We got a revamped Facebook page. Uh, I don't know if you gave away your personal information or whatever happened, but uh, if you're still on Facebook like I am, check it out. Just give it a search, Lead Singer Syndrome. Also, make sure you check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Again, the link for that is LeadsingerSyndrome.com slash All Access. Europeans, I will see you in just a couple days. And everybody else, check your calendars because I'm sure Silverstein will be back in your area on tour very, very soon. I will leave you with a tune. So many great Billy Talent songs to pick, but I'm going to pick the one that started it all. Here is Try Honesty on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love.
All right, I'm going back to watch Luke Maley highlights, but you stick around and listen to this episode of Lead Singer Syndrome with my good friend. How do you say his name? It's like Kowalchuk or something. Can you Google it? K K O W A L. Oh, Kowalowitz. 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 I think it's Kowalowitz. Ben Kowalowitz of Billy Talent.